This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wanara people and the Wurundjeri people. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connection to land, waters, and culture. Colonization and genocide are still happening today. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey everyone and welcome back to Ozpol Snack Pod, the podcast that's kind of like a KFC burger with cabbage debris, because this week we've got Travis DeVries. <laughs> Hello. God. <laughs> that's right. I'm Noon and with me as always is my co-host Zach. Hey, what's up everybody? Yep, Zach the Snack. But yeah, much less exciting than that is, uh, is we've got Trav with us um, yeah. from one of our favorite no longer continuing podcast bro originals but that was one of the shows that really like you know showed us that it could be done so we're very excited to have you trav welcome to the show well thank you for having me and i'm very glad that i could uh inspire this bit of um well be be somewhat a part of inspiring this uh longer running show uh than bro originals now (laughs) we were ahead of you for a while and then uh yeah we we faded into the void of nothingness and you guys took over well you want to leave them wanting more not yeah. less yeah 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 um, and you're but, still like out there making content though i'm in between, involved in the making of content i'm in between podcasts at the moment actually waiting <laughs> waiting for something new on the horizon um uh we are picking up fear of a black planet again which is very exciting Sick. and cool. um uh, I am uh, the founder and current kind of director of uh, Awesome Black um, Aboriginal Corporation, which is where uh, I'm helping to support other black fellas making cool, weird kid content. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we've, we've got a home for First Nations podcasting now, which is kind of sick. Um, yeah. Being yeah, it's totally. amazing. Yeah. Uh, tell us about some of the shows on Awesome Black Network. Uh, well, we've got my absolute favourite, which is uh, uh, Yarn Quest, which is a children's some chi- a children's offering, um, which originally started out as supposed to be just a special one and off episode for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Children's Day. Um, we were going to get some uh, stories sent in, and then uh, the rest of the people that hang out at awesome black decided they wanted to do it full time and i was like i'm not having anything to do with this children's <laughs> podcast that sounds like a rot uh and so now it's one our most most kind of uh audience successful podcast it has six thousand listeners and uh it's wow, that's huge. yeah Amazing. yeah it's very cool um and kids can any kids black fellas and white fellas can send in um, stories and uh, submit them to the show and they'll get turned into brought to life by audio. Uh, and then oh, that's, uh, so cool. that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of the ladies, um, Tolly, Brooke and Amy do trash titters. Uh, I do fear of a black planet and um, I do the awesome black summer playlist, which we had um, Leah from, loud angry not sorry pod on uh last summer mm. and um yeah we'll get you guys on for next summer hell yeah totally and of course long-term snack pod listeners will remember that we did Megapod, not the most recent new years because i was sad and bailed but the one before that so in theory 
you know, there's there's more megapods coming, but um, yeah, Travis was involved with that, and you did that amazing art that made everyone involved look absolutely gorgeous. So yeah, that's cool. really that. really that's, sexy yeah. drawings. Yeah. I was I was like fifty percent glad that we didn't do it again because I was worried that we would have different people and I would have to like. <laughs> get back sacrifice some some new hosts yeah yeah like i was very worried that i was gonna have to recreate that art with new characters and that was a huge concern for me (laughs) i was terrified about that i mean look nothing could top the original i think you know it's best left as is uh but in the meantime why don't we uh crack on with our first segment let's do it shit post of the week so this is a news story with a shitpost attached to it, um, because uh, as I'm sure most listeners have heard this week, Sydney Morning Herald reporter Andrew Hornery wrote an article about Rebel Wilson and the fact that she's now dating a woman. What a scoop. What a scoop. What a scoop. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this blew up because he kind of threatened to out her without her consent. Um, in the like she artic- wasn't already out. The article was going to out her. Exactly, yes. Um, in the grand tradition of journalists. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really what where is the, the Australian whole media thing for? started. Yeah. Um, I'll read a quote from the ABC talking about this whole thing uh, and this article, which has now been taken down. Wilson announced her relationship with fashion designer Ramona Agruma on Instagram on Friday, drawing an overwhelmingly positive response from fans. The following day, the Sydney Morning Herald published a column by journalist Andrew Hornery in which he accused Wilson of going public to, quote, gazump, a story he was planning to write on the relationship. Hornery said he had given Wilson a deadline of two days to respond, but that was a, quote, big mistake, and her choice to ignore his query was underwhelming. Oh, my God. Um, so basically, he contacted her and was like, hey, we're going to publish that you're dating a woman. Um, you want to say anything about that? It's happening in two days. She didn't reply. Posted on Instagram, hey, guys, I'm dating this woman. And everyone's like, yay. And then the next day, he's like, she ruined my story by coming out on Instagram when I was going to leak it. Um, Jesus Christ. So There's so much more pathetic than I had even realized. I haven't really been following the story it's closely. It's awful shit. That- Jesus Christ. What a fucking baby. Yep. The um, perfect he's personality the- type for senior Sydney Morning Herald journalist. He's not the biggest baby in this story. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> got angry with the Sydney Morning Herald, in particular Hornery, and also the editor of the newspaper, a guy called Bevan Shields, who, um, long-term target of our scorn here at SnackPod just for generally having <laughs> shitty hot takes. One time he tweeted, does anyone speak Austrian? Which is funny because they <laughs> speak German and just, Austrian. Just anyway, for being an absolute Bevan. A total yes. Bevan, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Bevaning so, all around him. So the next day, this article came out on Saturday. The next day, Sunday, Bevan released an editorial being like, nuh and this one is still up. Uh, so here's the quote. Our weekly private Sydney celebrity column last week asked Wilson if she wished to comment about her new partner. We would have asked the same questions had Wilson's new partner been a man. To say that the Herald, quote, outed Wilson is wrong. Like other mastheads do every day, we simply asked questions. And a standard practice included a deadline for a response. I made no decision about whether or what to publish, and the Herald's decision about what to do would have been informed by any response Wilson supplied, which is a kind of confusing series of remarks, but... I love that his main justification is basically that of, like, a Facebook troll being... 
Totally. I'm just asking questions, bro. Ben Shapiro vibes. Questions. Yeah. And really, Bevan does have Ben Shapiro vibes. He does, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah. I wonder if we can find a grand unified theory of <laughs> Bevan Shapiro objects. Yeah. Um, so obviously, that, that was not well received and kind of made Bevan the center of the shitstorm, especially because the next day on Monday, Horner released a somewhat decent ish apology. There's a lot of kind of half-hearted, like, oh, I'm sorry if anyone was affected by my actions. But he also said, I got it wrong. I allowed my disappointment to cast a shadow over the piece. That was not fair, and I apologize. Which, like, it's definitely better than the editorial Bevan released. Mm. That's. I think we could give him that. He crawled over that low bar, but despite <laughs> he that, set himself an incre- incredibly low bar and then slithered over it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um. I should also note, Hornery has done similar shit before. In 2020, he wrote an article about Hugh Sheridan, who I don't know, but is apparently an actor, then on Binary. They came out on Instagram, and Hornery wrote a column basically making fun of, and I use this word specifically, him. Um, He continued using he, him pronouns, despite that being the whole point of the whole thing, and talking about how Hornery had been called a Poofter at school, and so Sheridan saying I don't like labels means that he can't complain about stuff or something. It's pretty shitty. Um, These people so are just like they're literally form. paid to publish their opinions on stuff, and they are completely incapable of like interacting with these issues at all. Like they just immediately shove their entire heads up their butts the second that they have to comment on it. Hornery's a gossip columnist with a column called. Private Sydney or PS. Um, Why do we still have? Just don't have a a a gossip column instead. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? It's 2022. Like, yeah. Surely, I mean, it makes sense. I guess these takes must be directed basically at people who just don't use the internet or social media. Presumably, people who are 60 plus in the age, and I assume also the Sydney Morning Herald in the front inside of each front page um there's like it's the odd spot and i'd say a solid like 70 percent of the time it's a meme that's been dead for a week um (laughs) like you know um users have found an ai that makes quote memes called (laughs) dal e and it's like okay guys i feel like you know the gossip column could be reduced into a similar like one sentence Mm. long thing yes so anyway, noon. this is all a very long <laughs> walk to the meme yes. at the, the centre of this. We've talked about Bevan Shields before on the show and about, um, you know, there are two Bevans in Ospol, Matt Bevan and Bevan Shields, and they often Bevan exponentially out of mm. control, which led to the discovery of Bevan dynamics, the, the theory of the laws that govern the quantity and force of Bevaning. Um, and so I made a little infographic um, pertaining to this recent... Um, incident so yeah travis maybe could you describe this meme to the listeners i actually don't think i can it's it's indescribable (laughs) there is (laughs) (laughs) no i i can try um uh in the center of the meme uh image is uh bevan shields Mm -hmm. uh glasses uh some sort of uh, hairstyle, which is unnameable. <laughs> uh, he is uh, in a red circle, um, which I believe is the Bevan sphere. Uh, this is kind of existing on like a space-time continuum type background. 
black holes slash uh, universe kind of revolving around it. Um, there is a... Is that Matt Bevan on the left? That's, uh, that's uh, Hornery. Yeah, that's Hornery. oh, that's Hornery, yeah, yeah. yes. Because yeah. I was like, that does not look, that does not look like my version <laughs> no, no. of Matt Bevan. Uh, so that's Hornery uh, with a red uh, arrow pointing towards the center red circle with the Bevan in the middle. Um, uh, and as you get closer to the center Bevan, uh, the Bevaning begins, and the Bevaning is inversely proportional to the distance you are from <laughs> Bevan. Uh, where you Correct. you start to kind of become a part yep. of the Bevan universe, and your hot takes and burning hot takes, and hypothetical flaming hot takes get uh, <laughs> more Bevanish uh, as you hit the Bevan shield radius. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you clearly understand the whole thing perfectly. Oh, it's a I think very, clear very well. diagram. Yeah, and yeah. and there's a large paragraph of text. Listeners, you can look at the 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 cover <laughs> image if you want that uh, details about that. Maybe I'll do a little um you know, Instagram video explaining some details of, you know, Bevan dynamical theory at some point in the future. But it's exciting that we're getting new developments in Bevan theory. New data coming in every day. And Matt Matt Bevan did kind of try to jump in there and, and like, (laughs) both uh, sort of run a little bit of interference, but also try and insert himself into this issue in a, in a roundabout way. It was nice to see. It was nice to see the Bevan sticking together. Yeah, yeah. Together. He tweeted, "It's a bad day to be a Bevan in Ozpol or something like that." <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I imagine that's most days. Anyway, that's the story. Uh, as a result, um, Australian journalists are mad as fuck. There was like an anonymous email sent around the Sydney Morning Herald, being like, "This was absolute garbage, and it makes me want to quit this shithole of a job." Um, and there was some other. Th- scandal i can't remember what it was now that happened a little while ago and they're like once again our newsroom is at the center of the news when it should be behind it or i can't remember but like you know yeah yeah. yeah. there was a i believe an all-staff meeting and Uh, yeah and some stuff was gonna happen totally yeah yeah. the nuclear option like a bevan wicker man scenario (laughs) uh cool anyway i think that's the story um shitty trans i mean homophobic Journalism, that's bad. Gossip yeah. columns, get rid of it. Uh, we, don't, we don't need them anymore. We don't need it. Society has progressed past the need for Bevans. Correct. All right, what do we have <laughs> up next? Oh, sorry. No, yeah, yeah. no, I was also very unhappy just to see a abundance of um, Rebel Wilson uh, sort of like in the news because I could <laughs> happily exist without it. Which we is he's not the good anyth- guy in this story yeah. only through a technicality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I had to hear more about Rebel Wilson than I definitely wanted to. Yeah. 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 She's definitely a person about whom everything I've learned has been kind of against my will. All right. Now it's time for. Uh, well, normally we talk about kooks, but uh, I think this week we're going to be the kooks. Oh yeah, quick! This is me. Oh, cool, 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 cool. All right, I'm taking I'm taking over this uh, podcast, I guess. Uh, so, I'm bringing a I'm bringing a fun special segment uh, for you, guys, boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the for you, good boys. Um, we'll accept good boys. Uh, I've got I've got a little bit of fun. Um, 
and and you can continue this on later in new other episodes as well. I want to bring a uh, a bit something far out. I want to come up with a a shit hot far out take of a conspiracy theory. Um, and <laughs> oh yeah, and we have I'm, to. I'm ready. <laughs> somehow bring it into uh, Ozpol with real world things that it, mm-hmm. this could be a theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I'm going to throw out this theory, and then we've got six degrees of separation to get it to uh, reality (laughs) as much as a conspiracy theory can be uh, brought to reality. Um, So the theory statement uh, goes like this. Uh, The United Australian Party, uh, led by Mm -hmm. Craig Kelly... uh, we're actually running a distraction campaign for Labor so that the Uluru Statement from the heart can get up and that there's hidden tricks in the Uluru Statement to trick blackfellas out of native title claims. Uh, we are through the looking glass here, people. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. This one goes all the way to the top. <laughs> I, um... I don't know if you know about the... I, I know the Uluru Statement from the heart isn't, like, about... Uluru, the place necessarily super directly, it's sort of emblematic of something, but I think there is like an existing conspiracy theory about that being like aliens or something. Um, About Uluru being aliens? Yeah, alien spaceship or like it's a, you know, power plant for aliens Mm. or something. I feel like Craig Kelly could... You've been reading my... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You've been reading my Uluru fanfic. <laughs> um, but I feel like, I don't know, Craig Kelly could... Well, Craig, Craig Kelly's a very interesting... He's an interesting central figure here because he himself is uh, an enthusiastic conspiracist and anti-vaxxer and thinks climate change is a hoax and all that kind of thing. But I find it very interesting that he could be using all of that as a smokescreen for the fact that he's actually the one perpetrating the conspiracies. That's a really good double bluff cover. Um, something that I would never actually give him credit for, but maybe that's just because he's playing his part that well. Yeah, he's a, he's a, a bad faith double actor. <laughs> um, You're right. Now, when you put it like that, it's not so implausible. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, I mean, this comes back to my whole kind of theory of Australian politics democracy is that, like, potentially none of these people are um, actually uh, evil or bad. They're just so inept that it seems that they are doing an incredibly bad, incredibly bad things just through lack of ability yeah i mean that does that rule usually holds up <laughs> like in almost any circumstance in australian politics like few of them i'd say most of them are evil and incompetent which is quite a potent just thinking about like intoxicating mixture. new south wales police minister david elliott firing an illegal firearm in front of a bunch of cops i'm sure he didn't know that he was committing a federal <laughs> crime but he did he he managed to do it and got yeah. away with it too he did yeah. somehow yeah and his yeah. intentions are always bad as well also bad the incompetence <laughs> yeah. just is where the rubber hits the road yeah um well you know there's also the other thing about 
the reason so Wayne Glue, you're familiar with Wayne Glue, the uh, West Australian conspiracy theorist from Geraldton who sells annotated copies of the Constitution, which he says is the real Constitution. <laughs> I am I am familiar with him. The, the name didn't click, but yep. Yeah, yep. he's the guy who, when he does videos, his lips never move at all. And he somehow manages to do entire speeches with no lip movement. It's very <laughs> impressive. Sorry, listeners, if that was incomprehensible. But um, there we go. He's a Freeman on the land, uh, sovereign citizen type of guy, like declared just his own house As like is a, Craig an independent Kelly, nation. Interestingly enough. Okay. Exactly, yeah. That's well, yes. Link 2. There was Here someone who... I believe was a lefty troll making fun of Australian subsets, but who kind of planted this meme about Gough Whitlam destroyed the original constitution by removing the letter S from it. <laughs> and wait, I every feel like, instance of the letter S? Yeah. <laughs> he just did a find and replace. Just forgot delete. to replace. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've, you've never heard this one, Zach? I've, I've definitely no. yelled it in the middle of unrelated rants before. Yeah. Whitlam removed the letter S from the Constitution. Um, but maybe they could remove the letter S from the Uluru Statement from the uh. Heart. It'd be a a statement from the heart, yes. I guess. The Ulu- yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Which, know how that As we all in. know, is legal jargon for the extinguishment no of native, native title. title. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> So who is the beneficiary? Of, uh, like who's taken who's taken the land? Is it just going straight to Labor MPs? No. Well, you know they do own more land than a let's uh, air brackets left wing <laughs> party should. <laughs> yeah, there was a a great tweet by um I think we can call him friend of the show, David Kelly, our um yeah. pot potlucker who talks about housing policy. He tweeted out like a list of all of the Labor MPs and how like how big their property investment portfolios were, and yeah, you know, they're they're up there with like six, seven investment properties. People in the cabinet. I and tell I, you what, I do love the uh, replies to that sort of tweet because it is all uh, big Labor supporters in in the replies just going, well, for the for the interest of balance, you should be. Also showing the <laughs> Liberal Party's holdings. Yep, 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 yep. yep. This is this is nothing, guys. We're allowed to point out one thing without having to point out the other. Who this- is in government right now? Let's just have a quick little look. Oh, oh there you go. Um, someone did respond to that tweet. Like, I've got plenty of friends who own investment properties. It doesn't make them bad people. And David responded, "These people aren't my friends." <laughs> just like yeah. get them. That's yeah. right. Let's say it's Christina Keneally. Okay, okay, that's good, yeah. So Just pencil that in. I can see it. Like, yep, yep. We're, so, we're, we're at step three. No, that's is, Christina Keneally is step six. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right. Okay, so we've got Craig Kelly and Wayne Glue collaborating with the Labour government in order to take all S's, instances of the letter S, out of the Uluru Tatement from the heart. Okay, how... That- they're both in Western Australia, where they've been collaborating with the Stalinist Mark McGowan regime. Let me yes. let me interrupt. Oh, please, Western Australia. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a really good point. <laughs> yep. This is good. not a sustainable bit. Sorry, it's not a, a attainable bit. 
up up pull <laughs> neck pot neck pot yeah yeah <laughs> mark mcgowan was a protege of goff whitlam who was also bringing up christina keneally at the same time in the dark arts of how to expand your property portfolio through rewriting legal documents so that they say other things by removing the letter s yeah yeah i, I mean okay i think we that got makes there. about as much sense <laughs> it's pretty watertight it, i think the Labour so. government is the dark cabal uh mm. and christina keneally not getting in is actually like a part of the ploy She's uh, deep yeah. fake. She, well, now that they labor's in, they don't need her in Parliament anymore. She's you know going deep, white outing those letter S. You know, <laughs> like getting every single copy. It's gonna take her. <laughs> it's gonna take her like two years going through the document by hand. <laughs> she's busy, but she's managing the their massive property portfolio on the exactly, side as yeah, well, ever expanding. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time to be Keneally. <laughs> Keneally stocks uh, are only rising. Um, well, thank you, Trav, for that great that new a, segment idea, which segment. you have gifted us, which we appreciate very much. Um, I hope we took you on that journey with us, listener. Um, but speaking of a uh, uh, dark cabal, um, it's time for our next story. It was the best of takes. It was the blurst of takes. You stupid monkey. <laughs> Did you like that? Uh, Segway there, no? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Love a dark cabal. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's time to talk again about more fucking transphobia in, in the Victorian Greens. And I, you know, I think everyone's probably tired of hearing about this, but like, Jesus, you know, it's still happening. But there's been development. So what happened was earlier this week. The, the Victorian Greens had elections for the position of the state convener. So that's like basically the most powerful non-politician role in the party. It's like the president of yeah. the other two parties. Exactly. It's like yeah. the, the equivalent of the president of the, of the Labour Party uh, or, or whatever, but with like slightly less power because, you know, the, the Greens, fucking hippies. Yeah. Have to vote um, on everything. That, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So apparently about 900 Victorian Greens members voted um, for, you know, to who would be the new state convener, which I think represents maybe like a quarter of their membership-ish, something like that. Um, and the person elected to this position was Linda Gale. Now, listeners might not be familiar with her by name, but maybe they'll remember this quote from the last time that we talked about transphobia in the Victorian Greens when we were talking about Melbourne City Councillor Rohan Leppert, and I read out this tweet from at Epistemophagy on Twitter. In 2019, Nina Valens and another member of the state executive, Linda Gale, circulated a letter containing weapons-grade anti-trans fire-starting of the highest order. Um, yeah, shout out to Moby Dick Girl for yeah. always tweeting fire. Yeah, <laughs> Which that phrase has just absolutely been... <laughs> like tattooed onto my frontal lobe. I haven't been able to get it out of my head. Weapons grade anti-trans fire starting of the highest order. Um, so yeah, Linda Gale co-signed this horrible transphobic letter with another uh, turf within the Victorian Greens. And I, we don't need to go over what was in it. It's fairly boilerplate turf shit. 
Um, and that other person who co-wrote it with her, Nina Valens, has since been booted from the party for being a horrible transphobe. Uh, so that's the company that she's keeping. And Linda Gale, people also might remember, was like in the thick of that transphobic stuff that was happening at the National Tertiary Education Union as well. Right. So, yeah, yeah she's, you know, around the place inserting transphobia into... Very actively. Yeah. Into progressive spaces. Yeah, yeah which is horrible. <laughs> what a horrible mission to have in your life. So, yeah, she's been part of the, like furniture in the Victorian Greens for years. She's been on the state executive. Her partner is on the state council. Uh, you know, and we've described before, and this is where the dark cabal comes in, that there is basically this horrible block of transphobes high up in the Victorian branch of the Greens. And they've been like, you know, there for years, causing problems and making the place unsafe for trans people. It's fucking bullshit. So Linda Gale getting elected to basically the highest position possible within the state greens kicked off like quite a lot of outrage um, across social media, especially uh, the convener of the queer greens block in, in, uh, in Victoria resigned in protest. Um, then condemnation did start coming from other like members of the greens. Um, it was mostly led by Victorian greens Senator Janet Rice, who I believe mm -hmm. is also the party's spokesperson on like LGBT issues. And she called out Linda Gale by name and was like, you can't, this can't stand. Like, you're a horrible transphobe and, yeah, you, sh yeah. and, and you need to resign or, like, completely retract all this horrible shit you said, which, like, spoiler, she won't. Um, so then members of the Victorian Greens started kind of questioning the validity of the election. Basically, there were a bunch of people being like, oh, I wouldn't have voted for her if I knew that she was a horrible transphobe. Yeah. So then questions started to arise about like how informed were the members who voted in this election about the candidates? You know, people were saying that they felt like they basically didn't get any opportunity to get any information about the candidates. There were no like events to meet the candidates and ask them questions or anything like that. I don't know how these things normally go. I'm not. This yeah. is this is kind of where I started uh, following this story mm. as well because I I heard a remark that or a line in one of these articles about there not as many people were able to vote in this part of the Greens I'm going to call it caucus mm. than normal to elect this person as the convener right uh, which other people was like there was. There was some dark cabal stuff happening to keep votes down. Rigged election stuff. Mm. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's not, like, it's not Literally good. any time there's big votes, there's someone trying to misuse it. To big votes. Be <laughs> sh shitty to trans people, you know? Like, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a fucking bummer. So after a couple of days of this, like, quite loud public shitstorm. Linda Gale published a response on the Victorian Greens website, which is essentially was just like, Greens policy is to support trans people. I am Greens, therefore I also. And that's yeah. about it. No, like, you know, acknowledgement, retraction, apology for the, like, horrible transphobic letter that she circulated to the entire Victorian branch in 2019, for example. No, you know, so it felt very hollow. Anyway. Cut to a couple days later, Samantha Ratnam, who is the leader of the Victorian Greens, 
posted um, across her various social media channels. I'm going to read uh, a kind of a quote that I've stitched together from a few different posts. Earlier this week, I took action under the party's rules to have our recent election for convener set aside, as the rules for the election weren't followed correctly. Specifically, candidates weren't given the opportunity to communicate with members about their candidacy. I can now reveal that my action was successful, and Linda Gale is no longer the convener of the Victorian Greens. There will now be a new election for convener, and I urge Linda not to recontest the election. So... I think technically that's not right in that she's not no longer the convener. She never was. <laughs> <laughs> Small detail. Doesn't matter. I wouldn't Please say we're pedants exactly, but yeah. Um, hey, that's my joke. <laughs> uh, look, you know, th- th- this is good because she definitely shouldn't be convener. Yeah. But also, like, Samantha Ratnam has been the v- leader of the Victorian Greens for like five or six years and seems to have been perfectly happy to have both Nina Valens and Linda Gale on the state executive at various points. Mm. You know, this transphobia problem has totally like festered under her watch. So this like election redo also feels pretty mercenary to me. Like it feels very much like a reaction to the wind was blowing or something. Yeah, to the huge outcry. And that's not that's not me saying I don't think it should happen. Sure. I just question Samantha Ratman's reasons for doing this. So yeah, basically I'm not like tripping over myself to give her credit for this, even though I think it is a good move. Uh I am tripping over myself to give credit to the people who put pressure on the party to do this and the like queer and trans activists within the Greens who've been fighting against this for fucking ages yeah. and who you know, even though this uh, horrible transfer was elected via this process, there's clearly a huge amount of public support now, a huge public block of people who are able to put enough pressure on the party to make them do something meaningful about this, um, which, you know, is positive. But that's grassroots stuff. That's not Samantha Ratnam suddenly finding a conscience and being like, no, I'm uh, I'm actually cool now. Um, so... Two things I want to say at the end here. One, Adam Bant hasn't said shit about this. Yep. Um, which is, like, not good in the first place in general as the leader of the party, but also this is his local branch. This is the Melbourne City branch that we're talking about. So it's like, bro, you know these people, you've been working with them for a long time. You know, <laughs> it would mean a lot to trans members of your party if you said some shit about this. But yeah, no, he hasn't opened his mouth, uh, as far as I know, at time of recording. Um, and the other thing I'd mention is, you know, I find the idea of being a paid up member of a political party kind of distasteful, you know, it's not really up my alley, but I'm, I think that I will become a member because they're about to have another election for the convener. And clearly they need people in there who are going to vote for the right thing. And we're talking about, you know, there were 900 votes roughly in this last election. I reckon there might be a few more for this redo. Sure, sure. But, like, you know, enough... I also know that's, someone... That's... Sorry, go on. Uh, I know someone who, as you said before, like, voted for Linda Gale not knowing anything about her, and then this came out, and they were like, well, what the fuck? Yes. Uh, but So yeah. whether or not she recontests is still up in the air, and whether or not she has a chance of hell in hell of getting in is another question. But I guess I'm just reflecting on the fact that, like, 
there's 900 votes. That's a small enough number that like people getting motivated and joining the party and voting could actually make a difference. Literally, you know? listeners of our show could just swing it. Yeah, yeah. If everyone listening to this <laughs> signs up to be a member of the Victorian Greens, just lie about where you. <laughs> yeah. Where you so live. that I mean that that bodes the question. Who who is Ozpol Snackpod uh, putting putting their weight behind? Mm. Uh, see, this is why this is why I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not a member and will not become one for this entryist um, election. But uh, so you know, listeners, you can you can you can hold out um, that at least half of the Snackpod team aren't in the pocket of big. There you go. You can party. you can listen with a clean conscience. Yeah. Um, Despite what left renewal, renewal, renewal might say. Yeah. Uh, and also just a secondary point to signing up <laughs> that uh, that other transphobic uh, high profile Greens politician, Rohan Leppert, could well be up for a challenge to his position next year as well internally. So, you know, you could it, there could be a twofer. I don't know what the sign up fee is to become a Green. What, like 100 bucks, maybe 50 bucks per transfer kicked out. No. The numbers check out to me. I'd also like to just very briefly mention that Liberal and the Labour Party are much worse about trans people. Let's yeah. Move on. Uh, yeah. No. I mean, yeah. like, uh, that doesn't mean that the, this is okay in the Greens. I'm not saying that no. you're suggesting that anyway. I just want to remind the listeners that the very loud ructions in the Greens about this horrible bullshit is because they have some degree of, like, conscience and, like, capacity to do something about transphobes and powers. Labour Party and Liberal just sort of, like, yeah, bad. No. The uh, absolute no- fucking chutzpah of some <laughs> right. Labour stands yeah, to be yeah, like, yeah. oh, wow. More transphobia in the in the Greeks. Sh- shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't speak. You don't speak now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we wrap that up <laughs> pretty neatly. Everybody ready to move on to positivity corner. Oh, I've got some interpretive dance happening on the Zoom. Nice. New never dances our, like, to my stings. Ultra high. Uh, patron donors get to see a gif of that oh yeah yeah cool i should not have my plastic bag hanging in the door behind me no it's all right i'm not really recording the screen oh so now we'll we'll get you to do a little you know recap of it later we'll reenact it later yeah yeah so this is a positivity corner however uh everything is getting worse very quickly so although (laughs) relatively less bad than everything else is happening it's still an overall backward step that's right we're talking about the minimum wage. Um, so the, the Fair Work Commission increased the minimum wage by 5.2%, which is a bit more than a dollar an hour. Yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Dollar, dollar, billion. Um, and uh, this comes after Anthony Albanese promised to support a pay rise of that amount during the campaign. Good. That's good. Um, however, did he? In- I yes. didn't think he did. He said we support a pay rise of... It was widely accepted that what he ended up claiming that what he meant to have said was that he would put in a submission to the Fair Work Commission saying that they think minimum wage should be raised in line with inflation. But that, um, Is that what's happened, though? Yes and no, because... <laughs> okay, inflation, sorry, I meant to, I'm fucking up the flow. I'll stop inflation the goes up all the time and when we get like 
the inflation number. That's just like every month or two, they're like, oh, it's gone up this much since last time we checked. Mm. It doesn't go up in like discrete chunks. Um, whereas the minimum wage does go up in discrete, discrete <laughs> chunks roughly every couple of years. And so last we heard, inflation was 5.2%. Albo was like, I support a pay rise so that minimum wage workers aren't going backwards. And people were like, oh, what does that mean? Like you just did before, Zach. So thank you for thank demonstrating you. that. Yeah. Thank you for that highly um, accurate impression. Thank you. And so now that has gone through 5.2% minimum wage, 5.2% higher, good. But inflation is probably at around 7% right now. So it's still an effective pay cut of approximately 2%. Um, but it is a smaller real pay cut relative to everyone else in the economy who's earning more than minimum wage. So will that help? Yeah, a little bit, not much. Will it make inflation worse? Yeah, a little bit, but not much. Um, and that's something that business, dumb business people are, are big mad about. Um, Would someone that... think of the cafe owners? Exactly. <laughs> I uh, obviously, I own a coal wage. mine, but I can imagine what it would be like to be a cafe owner. And it's very <laughs> sad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they submitted to Fair Work Commission a 3% wage rise for minimum wage. So, like, about half of what ended up happening. Um, and now they're doing interviews being like, well, this means businesses will have to put up their prices. But my brothers in the marketplace, you are causing the inflation. Because um, business profits are rising dramatically. Um, I have a chart here if you want to see it uh, in the uh, notes. That line, go up. line is going up. Right up. Line does go up. There's a big bump. This is business profits. It's a line going up. There's a big lift in 2016 when Trumbull gets elected for some reason. And then there's another really steep jump at the start of the pandemic. Here's a quote from this uh, article, which is from uh, economicoutlook.net. Um, <laughs> Successive governments have failed to prioritize general well-being and instead acted as agents of capital. There is massive imbalance in the capacity of workers and profit recipients to access national income that's produced by the workers. Profits have been booming while wage growth has been low for a long time now. And if you thought the booming profits would be siphoned into productive investment to lift productivity and create the non-inflationary space for real wage increases, then you would be wrong. The massive lift in profits has gone into unjustifiable increases in executive pay, property booms, and financial market speculation, none of the things that help lift national prosperity and well-being. So it's well, like they, they help lift the prosperity and well-being of executives. Kinda, but not while the whole economy's fucking crashing around them and they can't buy a coffee because the cafes can't afford to pay the $60 minimum wage because <laughs> of the Communist Labour Party, Zach! <laughs> Um, yeah, Sorry, no, that like, was a very short-sighted comment from me. That's, <laughs> I'll own that. The, the, the problems are caused by corporate greed. Like, oh my gosh, surprise, capitalism is at it again. Is that what this, is that what this problem is? Um, and I think there's a pretty obvious solution. I've said this a few times before, and it is the one thing that literally no one will even mention or consider. Increase taxes on the wealthy. Increase corporation taxes, increase top-end income tax. It reduces inflation. It incentivizes companies to do useful shit with their accrued wealth, like invest in new technology or pay their staff properly or provide childcare and in not shoot cars at Mars. And we're, and we're talking about the wealthy, wealthy people, not the cafe owners. No, exactly. Yeah, this is like big bank executive guys, not the 
The people that shouldn't even exist. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay, I hear what you're saying, Nick. Let me make a counter-proposal. Yep. Uh, and let's call this proposal something that has already been passed by the Labour Party. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. let's call it stage three tax cuts. And let's say that we uh-huh. make them pay, those executives pay even less tax. Yeah. And costing billions and billions of dollars in tax revenue over the course of the next decade. How about that instead? Unironically... That will make things worse, and labor will have to put up its prices. Like, workers will have to put up our prices as a result of that. Mm. So, hopefully that happens, but (laughs) it's all very silly. Look, I'm not an economist. I'm sure there's more shit that needs to be done than just raise taxes, but I feel like it's really probably the first step, and we can sort of work it out after that. But, um, anyway. Well, as Sam said last week in the climate policy section... Mm. It's an extremely sensible thing to do, which means, of course, Australian politicians will never do it. Correct. And by the way, listeners, we do have more content from Sam coming next week. Yes. Just FYI. All right. That's the end of my positivity corner. Uh, There was a pay rise for minimum wage workers, in case you (laughs) forgot what the positive bet was at some point. It was up there at the beginning. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for that, Noon. Now it's time for the segment that you thought you had escaped. Elections generally not that fun. There's too much politics going on at the moment. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go! <laughs> so, yeah, you know, the, the election, is, it's dead and gone. We've all forgotten about it already. But results are still coming in. So I'm just going to quickly tell you about them. Pauline yeah, Hansen is back in the Senate. Boo. That Boo. sucks. That fucking sucks. She's the fucking worst. Uh, and it would have been much funnier. I know we were just like tossing up last week. She was fighting out this last Senate spot with like a horrible transfer from the Liberal Party, Amanda Stoker. And it was like, you know, neither of these are good options. But it would have been way better and funnier if Pauline Hanson had lost. Had not got it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She oh, really well. is, you know, everything that is most poisonous about Australian politics and kind She can go back to prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yep. Even be, fish and chips should be doing less damage, you know. <laughs> Maybe, potentially. <laughs> yeah, keep her away. I don't know. That's where she got a start. It's, anyway, you want to send her back to her proving grounds. Uh, anyway, in better news, um, Erica Betts, whose frequent, visible, and virulent racism is definitely, definitely not connected to the fact that his granddad was a Nazi, has not gotten back in. Nothing to do with it. No, totally yeah. separate issues. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But nice. Yeah, uh, nice. Can't wait for him to be made ambassador to London. Is or whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. Right, right. UN. Is this a th- is this a, an example posting or a real He's thing? Get something. He will. Yeah. He will. He's such a fucking piece of shit, and um, it makes me so happy to think of him, uh, being sad. So, or even just you, not Eric. being visible for some time. Yeah, not that having to see nice. or think about it's him. All good anymore. Let this be the last time that we talk about Erica Betts, whose granddad was a Nazi. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in the election section, Trav, I believe you had a theory, uh, a sort of political theory. I think it was a ra- uh, old, old Trav rants at Cloud was, was, <laughs> was my kind of take. <laughs> the pitch. It's, it's yeah. like, it's oh, a God, good oh, alternate God, I'm going, on a, I'm going on a politics podcast. I need to come up with some b- politics hot takes. Some rants. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, yep, okay. democracy. It's shit. Uh, why With is it so shit? Because uh, 
it, elections are just like popularity contests at school, how school captains get picked and no one is really I don't I don't see any qualifications for politicians. No one no one's displaying their like his yep, I did good and passed this test. Uh and people just kind of vote for who spends the most money, is has the biggest smile, uh, and kisses the most babies. And yep, we did get Anthony Alban easy. <sighs> Uh, I was workshopping um, how to get that in there earlier. Uh, but yeah, is 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 this good? Is this bad? Who knows? Time will tell. And yeah, there's just there's sorry, got to be sorry, a better you... way uh, than electing people. I couldn't agree more. Bring back dictatorships, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, uh, like, the thing that shits me off so badly is that the process for getting into the job has nothing to do with how good you are at the job. I know that's hardly an original thing, but, like, like, I don't know even what it would be good to have in Parliament, but, like, technically I think being a fish and chip shop owner is one of the best former jobs, because otherwise it's just a bunch of fucking lawyers. But, and, then, you see, like, but then you see the result of what fish happens. and chip shop you, You're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, no good, there's no good system. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, think, I mean, it's partially we're electing a bunch of individuals who are almost guaranteed to be shitty on an individual level. You can't just give people that amount of power. So, I mean, I guess I'm leaning away from the dictatorship. Uh, <laughs> thing here, I'm sort of heading huh. in a slightly different direction, huh. um, but I mean, it is a very good point. In like, I think about Craig Kelly is a really funny example when you look at like what his career was before politics and what is it that made him ready to be a politician. And people would sort of point and laugh at him and be like, he was a furniture salesman, um, and therefore he's not qualified. And like, you know, I don't really is- truck with that. You know, I, think- I mean, technically, he was much more and much less than a furniture salesman. Yes. Somehow yeah. both. Yeah. No, he ran a weird, slightly scammy family business that imported flat pack furniture and then reassembled it and sold it on, which I think is actually very good qualifications for like being the kind of politician that we actually he- get. Yeah. yeah. But his like main thing was that he just decided to appoint himself like a consumer affairs advocate he was like he just invented a little like advocacy organization for himself and he's like, like i'm a consumer watchdog now south sydney business yeah center or something so wait have you backdoored <laughs> my democracy sucks into we should actually have craig kelly in here is this is this what's <laughs> you've pulled the, the rent has been hijacked so I can see. you wanted a dictatorship I yeah it needs to be all craig all the way down <laughs> It's just Craig Kelly's all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you uh, pick for dictator? Oh, for head dictator? Ooh. Head dictator, head, yeah. We head... could have state dictators or whatever. Yeah, some, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh. Federated dictators. Maybe each region can like elect their own dictator and then we can put all the dictators in a room. <laughs> Stop ruining Travis's bits, eh? <laughs> well, no, I'm, I am all for the trial by combat um, and bringing that back. Uh, if, you know, mm. if the uh, kind of internet is to be believed, we are, you know, 
two years away from total chaos. I, I did join a couple of preppers groups on Facebook <laughs> a few months ago. We should um, talk after the show. I saw you in there. Don't worry. I saw yeah, yeah. I got a little weird. Um, it, I, I, I had to leave the group. Uh, uh, yeah. Noon in this shitposting group? It's more likely than you think. <laughs> no, I, I was I was in there for content, really. I was like, this is cool and interesting. And I was like, oh, there's Noon. I won't say anything. Just not politely. <laughs> let's, let's not out each other as weirdos <laughs> yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like we, we could be having to, uh, you know, zombie apocalypse. What skills do I have? A podcaster, not very fucking useful as a leader. Um, uh, lawyers, very not useful as, as leaders in right the down there with podcasts. Yeah. 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 Um, however, you know, lumberjacks could probably take yep. some zombies out and would also, you Are know, provide for me and my podcast family. <laughs> Are you familiar with the farm email theory? No. Um, look, I'm not an expert on it, but basically, as I understand, there was a tweet that said there are two types of job, farm and email. <laughs> and then, you know, that's the whole thing, you know, but, but then I, we need more farm in parliament mm. and, and less email. Mm. Um, yeah, there you yeah, go. That's yeah. my whole, that's my whole, that's the whole thing. Although yeah. I do worry we'll like then get more of the, um, have a sook cunt in, pol- in, in parliament, which I'm There's like, no I'm good not... options. That's where we're cycling back to need a dictator. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got somewhere. Thank you very much for your anti-election screed. Uh, we, we've talked before about sortition um, being an interesting option. We've got to get that uh Yeah, we should do a deep dive in it where, like, yeah. representatives are selected basically via lottery from the population and are limited to, like, one term each, I think. Hold on. Sortition plus trial by combat equals Ooh. Hunger mm. Games. Oh! Hmm? But the prize is you get to lead. You're the. I haven't seen the Hunger Games. I don't know what. For four years. I think. Whatever. It seems more like a punishment (laughs) at this stage, you know. No, but you do get the parliamentary pension still. Like you are. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah, I I think like one, you you have to, you have, you you can't elect to put your name in the lottery. Uh, No, no, it's like jury duty. Yeah. Everyone yeah. everyone goes in. Mm. One person comes out. They're our leader. <laughs> one person, one vote. We're coming we're right back to dictator, but it's randomly selected dictator. <laughs> randomly selected dictator. Everyone not everyone gets a go because okay. we won't cycle through everyone. Monty Python figured it out in nine eighty nine. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. I think it's time. Okay. We got one more sort of news You fucked up situation uh which i wanted to talk about uh which is that uh on wednesday this week you might have heard the australian energy market operator suspended the national electricity market so what does any of that mean is a question that i repeatedly found myself asking (laughs) throughout the week um so i decided to you know read some articles and pretend i know uh so Let's start with um, power, wholesale power, retail power, two kinds of power. Wholesale power is like the raw power coming straight out the generator. 
whether that's from like coal plant, gas, renewables, you know, hydro, whatever the fuck. What's your favorite kind of power, Noon? Dyson Ring. A Dyson Ring, and then power retailers, which is, you know, the companies that we actually interact with. So like, you know, Origin, or AGL, Energy Australia, CoPower. They buy that wholesale power and then they sell it to us. So the cost at which those retailers buy power from wholesalers fluctuates according to demand. And that like during the day will fluctuate. Like it's more expensive every in the afternoon. Every five minutes. They... It's every five minutes. There you go. Yeah. So that price that is changing all the time is called the spot price. Uh, you know, or the, like, you know, the spot market. So that's one foundational concept out of the way. So. Elsewhere, we know that power prices are going up. We talked about it on the show last week, Noon. We spoke specifically about gas. Mm-hmm. And there are, like, external reasons for that. So a big one at the moment is the war in Ukraine is kind of, like, choking global power supplies. And then there are also, like, internal ones, like um, a bunch of power generators just had, like, outages over the last week for, you know, like, malfunctioning or whatever. Like, you know, they, they went offline unexpectedly. So all of this combined to basically make power prices go up a bunch. Uh, so wholesale, the price of wholesale, wholesale power goes up. And then the cost at which the retailers are buying it goes up. And then so your gas and your power bills go up. And in some cases, like way the fuck up. Like mm. in some places it was going up to like 80 times its normal cost, which is like. Quite a lot. It's not, it's the, that's a lot of money. No, it, I hope that you know, doesn't happen to my bills. Nobody's got time for that. I won't be able to pay them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the Australian energy market operator and it's their job to manage the power market. And they were like, wow, this shit is getting way out of hand. People can't be paying this much for power. So they put a price cap on the spot market. So basically saying to, you know, wholesale power generators, you can only charge so much for your power. This is the most you can charge. And then a bunch of power generators were like, well, fuck this. That's cutting into our profits. And some of them were saying, they're like, oh, it's actually going to cost us more to produce the power than we'd get for selling it. So like, fuck it. I'm just not not going to make the power. Uh, So then (laughs) there was a bit of a freak out. Everyone was like, oh, my God, all these generators have gone offline. There's going to be blackouts, which is really bad. Uh, But... There's this extra power market mechanism, which I don't fully understand, but essentially power generators can be forced to provide power by the Australian energy market operator, AEMO. Uh, And if they operate at a loss, basically they get compensated for that loss. So they have this kind of extra motivation to voluntarily withdraw from the market because then if the energy market operator is like, oh, we need that power, we're going to make you come online, then they're like, oh, okay, well, now you can reimburse me. So... Perfect. Yeah. It's cool. Good. So this is, it's kind of, you know, chaotic. There's blackout warnings. Generators are going offline, you know, both for actual and bullshit reasons. Then the market operator's like, okay, it's getting fucking ridiculous. We're just suspending the energy market entirely. So we're at a national level. Which is just the market, right? Which is, has nothing to do with how much power like Australia is actually capable of generating in any real or material way. It's just the way that we decide how it 
gets allocated from one place to another. So right. how, how how does that get decided in the absence of the market and how, how much does it cost when there's not a price? So what happens is this energy market operator steps in and says, okay, everybody everywhere is charging this much money for wholesale gotcha. power across the country. So they set a right. price right. at which everyone has to sell it. So the idea is that this kind of like stops the upward pressure and stops power bills like spiking up. Now, power bills are still going to go up because there's a bunch of other reasons, you know, forcing power to go up, which I'll get into in, in a sec. Including but mm -hmm. uh, Amongst many others. So this like suspension of the national energy market has never happened before, which is a, like a sign of like how cooked things have been allowed to get with the energy market. It's currently still in place, and it looks like it'll be in place for a little bit uh, because the government is very happy to support it at the moment. And blackouts have been avoided because all these generators were like forced to come online because there was always enough power for everybody. There was never a power shortage. There was just a bunch of generators being like, nah, I don't feel like it because it's going to cost me money. So this did stop the kind of like, impending power disaster which was completely manufactured and didn't exist in the fucking first place uh but so you know it's good and by the way those generators that are being made to come online now are still going to get compensated as well so like don't worry about their profits if they'll you're be concerned fine. Yeah, yeah they'll be fine so yeah this is a story about why markets are a very good way to organize essential infrastructure uh-huh uh -huh. because you see noon trav markets are very efficient, which is why we privatized our energy sector. And now power generators can just be like, nah, fuck it. It's cheaper for me if you just have a blackout and you can't use your fridge for 24 hours. Suits me better. Uh, it was a good system. Uh, and door dot M4A. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the whole gas situation as well is a great example of like, we have we produce like three or four times as much gas in Australia as we actually need for power. But there's like a quote unquote gas shortage because it's more profitable for gas companies to export it rather than having it used in Australia. Then that creates an artificial shortage here that causes prices to go up. This is why being part of a global market is really efficient and global capitalism gets good results for everybody. Do you think we can all agree? That reminds me, uh, you wanted to correct something that I said last time, Zach, about a pipeline being at capacity. Uh, it turns out that it's it, it's basically not. Yeah, I don't uh, think so. I think that yeah, there cool. were some people from the gas industry being like, oh, no, it's not because we're selling all this power for more money to overseas. That's not yeah. why there's a shortage. It's because the pipe is full. Um, yeah, I think that probably that was bullshit. We couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't actually confirm that. Totally. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out is how, like, this story sort of gives the lie to the idea of privatization in a general sense, because like, you know, the idea is, oh, it's the, the, all the risk and financial operation and stuff is being offloaded to these private companies. And because of capitalism, that's the most, you know, they'll find the most efficient way to do things. 
all of their losses are being fucking guaranteed by taxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the government is guaranteed. Basically, we'll, we'll give you the money if you're losing money. So we're still fucking paying. We're just paying. Might as well just fucking nationalize it. Just it's nationalize it. It's the same thing as we see in public service all the time when they're like, oh, to, for efficiency, we're going to fire people and spend eight times as much on expensive consultants. It's like, just yeah. pay them a wage and have them in the house, guys. Like, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, two solutions. One, nationalize it. The other one is, please, for the love of God, renewables. Oh, my God. Like, part of the other reason why power prices are going up is because coal and gas are getting more and more expensive every year because the facilities are deteriorating and energy policy has been fucked for the past decade thanks to the coalition. And now we are, like... This is an example of, of a problem that Labour has genuinely inherited. Like, you know, mm. I think that, we, you know, we should be critical of them being like, we can't do good stuff because the coalition sucked um, in a general sense. It's true in this sense, but also they're massively complicit in that, have completely rolled over on energy policy for the yep. 10 years. And like, now that we're facing this power crisis, which could be solved by nationalization and renewables, Labour's, Labour's response has been like, we love more gas we want to do more gas we're going to do the biggest ever gas project ever in western australia and we're going to run the pipeline through sacred indigenous sites how does that sound like that's the that's where, where they've gone to so it's like they are still doing a fucking terrible job <laughs> even though they've inherited the problem they are absolutely piffing their response so uh yeah oh my god please wind and solar it's just not that hard it's actually like, it's going to be so much better for everybody. That's the moral of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we're gonna, I'm for it. We're going to die in a furious heat death first. <laughs> yeah. Whilst, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whilst all of my food rots in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Looking forward to it. <sighs> well, now with that last bit of news out of the way, trap. You have a final segment for us. I got some fun. Just some, some fun, funky, fresh stuff to finish you guys off. I've brought a little bit of something, something. Uh, I wanted to, seeing as we've got a whole bunch of new faces in uh, Parliament and it's mm. just an opportunity for some stories to be told. And whilst they've <laughs> not necessarily told any of the big stories yet, I'm, I'm imagining a future story that we could tell. Um the the birth of a nation type stories <laughs> uh so i'm i'm going to what we're going to do is i'm going to come up with a very quick film idea um for australian politics that okay. will get made into a future film and we and we're going to cast it oh, um fantastic so the the pitch concept is the uluru the, the story of the uluru statement from the heart uh being being passed and and um, we've got a few kind of key players, um, one which I've already cast because, you know, typecasting, very important kind of part <laughs> of the uh, film casting industry. Um, mm -hmm. So yes, Linda, the honorary, the the amazing Linda Burney MP is uh, going to be played in this future film uh, uh, by Deb Mailman. Um, of course. The great. Like, Who better? Uh, yeah. Any time I can get... Arnie Deb in a film <laughs> in my fantasy film reel that goes in my head. More, more, more power to it. Uh, the 
The movie is called From the Heart. Um, nice, yeah. nice. It was right there. <laughs> Screen Australia is already getting its wallet. It's out. been green lit. Uh, <laughs> Linda Burney, played by Deb Mailman, and then we've got a few other key actors, uh, a, key, a few key parts that need uh, casting. I've given you the top one hundred actors working in Hollywood today IMDb page, <laughs> mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. you can, you know, not have face blindness and pick out some. Thank you. I was going to say this is an almost impossible task for me without. <laughs> uh, without the faces mm, right in front mm-hmm. of me. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. Yeah. Um, so we've seen over the, we, we saw over the uh, kind of few weeks leading up to the election where Albo, Albo actually engaged with things um, that we got some, uh, we got some sexy Albo picks. So who's mm. playing sexy Albo? Oh, young sexy Albo? No, oh, well, yeah, we could do a bit of backstory on young sexy Albo, but flashback to Marrickville. Yeah, yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Current just, sexy re the rebranding uh, of Albo. Just glowed, glowed up Albo. Here, I was surprised by old Steve Carell because, like, I know he's a comic actor, but he here he's got the sort of salt and pepper beard. He's got the the large glasses. Yeah. I think he could, you know, serious role. Jim Carrey did it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Steve. I think Steve has done a couple of serious roles. He's got a few serious sure. roles. He's a under dramatic his actor. Chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I can see it. I'm feeling you, more like a Stephen Colbert. Kind are you of. shooting your shot too early, though? Like putting Steve Carell in there. He does have a very middle-aged politician kind of face. Like, I feel like you could sort of cast him as anyone. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll find a we'll find a role for him. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't want to like. Anti-Italian discrimination. I was going to say it's a little to... on the nose. Yeah, is Corell an Italian last? I didn't. I... <laughs> My apologies to the people of of Italy. Um, I was um I was Michael Keaton. I, was this Peter is Garrett yes. Uh, this is who I reason. was kind of. Uh, I was playing for Michael Keaton. I was. I, was... I can see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's an extremely good get for Albanese. Like. <laughs> Michael Keaton is looking good, and he's like very affable, but he does have a certain sort of mumbling quality that I think really suits the Albanese vibe. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, this could, yeah, I, and I wouldn't want to center like this. Is the thing these these top one hundred actors? They're all like most of them are like lead actors there's not a whole lot of supporting cast in here yeah, but like yeah. this is a i think it's an all big name this is your okay we're you going know, big this is your oceans 11 type all movie right. how about this mark butler bob odenkirk yeah yeah sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. let's get him in there let's get him in there i've um, got foreheads the other people it I seems like cast. we're casting a comedy at the moment it could, it could be from from the heart from the fart <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. You're hired. <laughs> um, I want to cast. Need someone to do rewrites. I want to cast uh, Tanya Plibersek and Bill Shorten next. Okay. Plibo. Mm. I feel like you could get like Ellen. I was just going to say. I was going to say Meryl yeah. Streep. Oh yeah, that's. You know, I think that might be more. Tanya yeah. is clearly like. The white savior lady in this yeah. production, and who better than Meryl? I mean, if like, or Kate? I guess Kate Blanchett. Yeah. yeah, Kate could work. 
cake could definitely work. I th- I was thinking we need to save someone for Christina Keneally though. Cameo playing herself. <laughs> Relaunches her acting career. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. She's got her hands um, all over I would, everything. I would with love to see Steven. Margot Robbie as Christina Keneally. Yes. Okay. Now you're talking, and that's actually like that's a poster in itself. Margot Robbie <laughs> is Christina K. Keneally. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Bill, Bill Shorten. Okay, God. Cranston. My my. Uh, oh yeah. My two potential Bill Shorten. Okay, were, yeah, yeah, hit us. And it could go either way. Like this could go full zinger, Bill, or um, you know, <laughs> boring Bill. Uh, Real Bill. Yeah, yeah. Woody Harrelson, zinger Bill. Okay. Oh. Uh, versus Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and mm. Bill Shorten do, do have kind of a similar vibe. Now yeah. that you've said it. Which is a, a, a huge read on Tom Hanks, but don't have. It's... I think Woody Harrelson's face is too round. Okay. And, and Woody Harrelson. Nah. Not, to like, not to dunk on him, but like he does kind of have one character that he does, and it is Bill Shorten. Uh, <laughs> That's, I think it could work. He's like, sure. He's sort of reinventing I... Bill Shorten into a guy who was personable and funny, like when he wasn't in Parliament as well. And so you know, it's I a bit of Tom it's Hanks a bit of rehabilitation. They've got it's the right amount of weathered. And They've like, got the same. Tom can go style, comedy, you know. Tom can go comedy if need be. Uh, and then final final thing mm-hmm. that we need to cast is uh, our villain of the story, uh, Peter Dutton. <sighs> I mean, you could just shave any miscellaneous white guy. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. No, okay, look. We haven't cast enough Aussies. I reckon Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Shave him down. Beefy Peter Dutton. Yeah. Shave Jacked Chad Peter Dutton. Shave Hemsworth down. He's a total himbo, which honestly is what Peter Dutton is. He's total, you know, got an empty head. And like obviously saying Ray Fiennes would be too easy. So. Counterpoint, counterpoint. Okay. Paul Dano. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cringing, pathetic goblin Peter Dutton also works. Also works. I, I was thinking Michael Caine, not because there's a great match, but because I feel like the energy of, like, sort of cockney violence that he could bring to the role would be suitable. <laughs> I can see it. I can see a shave down Michael Caine. Might have to do, you know, that like meme of Homer, um, like being buff in front of Marge, but then at the back, all of his fat is like held mm. by a clip. You might have to do that at the back of Michael Caine's head. But other than that, I think it could go quite well. That might would that have like some yes minister vibes? <laughs> yeah, which I'm not. I'm not against. I think just coming at this from. You know, we've been looking at this fairly aesthetically. I just want to come from sure. from a character perspective, if I if <laughs> yeah. I might, for what a second here. Cockney violence is not character based, but sure, go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about the villain of the piece here. We're talking about an extremely dark character. I think we need, you know, an intensely method actor who is willing to go really down to the depths of the human spirit. Leto. I- 
Is this where you <laughs> We need Jared Leader. We need Jared Leader. <laughs> we need Jared Leader who is going to like actually go and somehow get himself elected to the Australian Parliament in order He's to do He's gonna kidnap research. some kids, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's gonna right. amass the fourth largest investment property portfolio of anyone in Parliament. And he's going to bring real truth to the role. I'm, so I'm all for I think it. that could work. Just before we get out of here, I know he's going to be a peripheral character. He's not going to be, you know, he's not in your initial draft, Trav, but I really, I don't think that we can pass off the opportunity for John Howard, Danny DeVito. It's just. Oh my God, that would be oh, wow. incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah right? correct. Right? Yep. Can we get some fan art made of that, please? Please. <laughs> I mean, you're our fan I think art maybe, guy. Yeah, so we'll be making the fan art later. <laughs> uh, uh, wait. What a fantastic Amazing. film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll send off the brief. Uh, it'll be great. Uh, well, thanks for that, Trav. I reckon that's going to do it for our segments this week. Uh, let's very quickly hit that business sting. If you want a podcast, you got to do a lot of shit. That's not technically podcasting. You still gotta do that shit. So you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Leave us a comment over on Apple Podcasts. Give us the five stars on Spotify. You really like what we do. Come over to patreon.com slash OzPulseSnackPod. One dollar a month gets you a monthly bonus episode. Plus other cool stuff. Trav, what do you want to plug? Um... If I if I may plug uh, a little bit of um, the financial assistance, um, I come yeah. to you hat in hand. Uh, <laughs> we, we've uh, with Awesome Black, we've launched the um, the AB Club, uh, which is our uh, version of the Patreon um, kind of thing. Uh, We're a proud member, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so for as little as two dollars a month, um, you <laughs> Ooh, can okay. you can join Classic. and get uh, extra content. Um, and other goodies as well, uh, and help support some First Nations podcasting. Um, so if you head to awesomeblack.org and check that out, um, and there's a whole bunch of other things that we do on there, and uh, it's a whole lot of fun. And, um, yeah, we're building building things all the time. Gotta, it's very cool. Got to get you guys coming and guesting on some of our stuff. You bet. Bring Love us it. up anytime. All right. That's going to do it for the business section. Make sure you go and check out Awesome Black and their fantastic content. Before we get out of here, it is time for our final segment. Now it's time for a pop game. <laughs> Trav. You mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, so not not pop related, but kit, kit, kitty cats. It's a cuck cuck date. date. It's, yeah. the, it's the well-established term ah, that we've yes. come yeah. up with, a cuck date. Cuck yeah. date. Um, so I, I was sans cat for a while. Um, mm. I got my cats back in 2013. Um, and then uh, when I was having to live in a non-pet apartment, uh, my dad uh, very graciously looked after the boys, Lux and Loki. Um, since moving back to a uh, larger property where I can have the boys back, they're they're back living with me. Lovely. Um, Dad still has them on weekends. Um, uh, <laughs> they we meet at McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> as, Do the handover. Yeah, yeah. As every sad, um, <laughs> sad kid visiting their dad would <laughs> would know about meeting at the McDonald's, three hours between 
Anyway, that's not important. Uh, uh, no, they're living with me, and um, I attempted to toilet train them to use the uh, the, the the human bathrooms mm-hmm. um, over the last six months. Uh, I've heard I, on the internet that you it's theoretically a thing doable. That can happen. Yeah, it is apparently doable. Um, I I did purchase the the product known as the litter quitter uh, trademark <laughs> um, from Amazon.com. Uh, which which comes, it's a ring that sits over the toilet in between the uh, the toilet receptacle uh, and the seat. So the seat goes on top of it. Uh-huh. And then uh, there's different colored uh, trays that go in there. One is a red one, which is the starting one, and that is fully covered and you put your litter in there. The next one is orange and it's you've got a hole, hole in it, a small hole. Uh, that goes into the toilet and you've okay. got a little bit of litter around the outside. And then you've got the green one, which is a very thin uh, little bit of litter. Like a rim for them to stand on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to, like, get them to the point where uh, they are just using the toilet and that's, that's awesome. their regular thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is awesome. Um, some some mishaps have happened and we've <laughs> gone back yeah, to the... Yeah. We've gone back to regular litter, which I'm not a huge fan of regular litter. Like, it's expensive... Mm. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of cleaning involved. It's much easier if uh, boys are using like toilet. everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, and and it wasn't all mishaps. It was some fun as well. Like they they you That's know, great. I would hear a a small tinkle, uh, and I'd be like, <laughs> oh my god, they're gonna they're, they're doing it. Uh, it was very exciting. Um, and there was there has been poops in the toilet, and that's like that's very good. Um, but wow. Then, when I That's will, huge. When I use the toilet, I take it out and I put it in the sink and then I'm using the toilet and they're using the toilet in the sink. <laughs> I was like, this is not ideal. Um, uh, Presumably I'm, that's kind of roughly at eye level for you as well when you're on yeah, the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, sep- this, the, we've got a couple of toilets in this house, which, you know, I've never had multiple toilets in a house before. Um, uh, and... Yeah, and I think it, the whole thing just confused them more than it needed to, and mm, yeah. mm. the you know, there's been a few uh, bathroom mats that have been soiled <laughs> instead of uh, yeah, you know, instead of using the toilet. Uh, yeah, uh, so we decided to go back to the litter. Very sadly. Well, it's still impressive, honestly. Like even yeah. getting a couple of poops from a cat in a toilet, I think that's a sounds incredible. And those are memories that you can cherish forever, you know. Oh, and, and they're not just memories. Photo of everyone. <laughs> well, there you go. I've got an album. It's true, proud absolutely parent. worth it. Yeah. Uh, instincts. <laughs> <laughs> What's been happening uh, with Bagel this week, Ned? We had a really nice uh, thing this week. My sister and her partner and his dog came over. Gus is the name of the dog. He's real cutie. His jaw is is like he's got an overbite, really severe overbite, and he had to have reconstructed jaw surgery. And so now he's still got a severe underbite, but less severe. (laughs) And so if he looks up, it's so funny. He's just like... like... Listeners, you can't see, but there's a very funny little hole between his Aww. mouth and the rest of his mouth. What a goofball. He, he's a very good and sweet little boy and very well behaved and lovely. And so we went on a little walk together and they were fine. They've met once or twice before, but like sort of been a bit difficult. And this time, Beggar was just super fine. There was one little bork, and other than that, super chill, happy with Gus. And we came and let them off leash in the backyard and they had to run around and a play and a bounce. 
and it's like literally the first time in maybe two years or something that Bagel has like played with another dog. There's like one or two other dogs that he's like hung out with off leash, but it's like, oh, look at them. They're ignoring each other. That's so exciting. And like, <laughs> that is good. But like this time they played and it wasn't murder. So yeah, that was really Amazing. exciting. Very good boy. That's Bacon. so nice. What a good dog. Yeah. I had a, a little bit of a breakthrough with, uh, with Dante this week. I've been trying to teach him uh, a new trick, which is like to, to bow, kind of like to go into like downward dog. So my command that I decided to use was yoga, do yoga. And uh, for some reason, Dante just fucking hated every second of learning this. Like, basically, after the first day that we tried it, every subsequent day, anytime that I said yoga to him, he would just start <laughs> barking at the top of his lungs and not stop until I left him alone. No, and I, no, <laughs> yeah, I will not. Why? No. And uh, I was trying to work out why this is, and like, uh, there's various theories. One is that like that position is kind of like a play signal from a dog. And maybe he was just like, oh, I'm getting too excited. But he wasn't even going into the position. He was just like, I refuse. <laughs> so another theory is that like, apparently it's kind of a bit physically demanding for dogs to go into that position. So maybe he was like, this no, sucks. Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Um. Anyway. Is it possible that he's having the same freak out that you had it? confessed many years ago <laughs> when you were like we're worshiping the sun um well i, I don't know he hasn't it's... had uh four times as much weed brownie as his body weight should allow for so that's a i good don't point. think so yeah okay yeah. um <laughs> but look yeah i tried for a few days and i was like no, this is horrible. I'm like disturbing the neighbors i'm just gonna let it go so i forgot about it for for like a week or two and then we were home alone, Dante and I, just having a boys' night in. And he was like, why am I so neglected? Why, why doesn't anybody please me and hang out? Why am I such a lonely, lead, lead such a, a horrible little, life? Little Dante. I was like, okay, we're going to go back in. We're going to learn this trick. We're going to do it. We're going to spend some quality time together. And he got it. And it was amazing. And it just felt really, really good. It took like 15 minutes of just waiting for him to stop barking. But then... He did do it, and he will do it on command now. He just also will bark at the same time, which I'm very worried that I've now, like, rewarded him for both barking and going down. <laughs> yeah, so, you've, you've, uh, you've Maslow'd it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that one, that, one, uh, that one might be on me. But at any rate, it looks really cute. Um, and uh, maybe I'll put a video up on the, on the Patreon for, for supporters and idea. they can see Dante's new trick. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that's going to do us for this week. Trav, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a, a joy. Pleasure and a joy. Absolutely. The pleasure is all mine. Um, and thank <laughs> you so much for having me. It's been, it's been really nice to, you know, reconnect with you guys again. For Absolutely. Have you on. And, yeah, I mean it about, like, you know, you, you really did actually help me get into this in the first place because... I remember coming to your show when Bro Originals came to to Melbourne, did a tour down here, live recording, and we had just started doing the podcast. I think Noon and I, I had maybe yeah, done yeah. like ten or fifteen episodes, mm. and uh, and uh, yeah, I like sort of came and hassled you after the show. And was like, hey, I'm, I'm doing a show too, and and uh, I like your show, and you were just so welcoming and supportive and and generous with your time, and oh. and I was just like, that's so nice. A lot of people in scenes like this just don't 
they don't make that space for other people so no thanks and i like but i feel the same about you guys honestly like because kira um janali beautiful talented and deadly like mm. invited me to the Ospol shit posting group and it was like mm. oh, oh. i didn't know that's how you arrived there yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like right. oh these are these are my weirdos on the internet this is yeah. where i actually <laughs> feel somewhat seen and at home uh because you know you know otherwise facebook is a just a cesspit of family Preppers. and weird things uh and stay then, in the group yeah, yeah. The, the group is <laughs> the group is safe safe space yeah oh uh, well, excellent cool. it's, it's been reciprocal excellent and yeah i mean thank you extra thank you for bringing those segments this week yeah there were a lot of fun the, a bit it's of that original flavor than, uh digging through 600 sky news articles about <laughs> oh, inflation oh. yeah yeah as much um fun. <laughs> You're more than welcome to do either of those segments. You're on your on your own anytime. I, I yeah. definitely like the conspiracy theory one. It's <laughs> yeah, good. It's, it's good. a great one. Yeah. All right. Thanks, team. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you uh, next week with some more news, some more views, and uh, and until then, keep on snacking in the free world. Webin shields, crunch, crunch. Oh, I forgot to say, fuck Angus Taylor before, but you know, I think people got the vibe. Fuck Angus Taylor. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck Angus Taylor. Crunch, crunch. 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 <laughs>